Welcome to Chakra Girl Radio. We've created a community of spiritual women who know that you can still enjoy the finer things while you're on your soul's journey to live your dharma and your most chakra-aligned life. Let's dive into this episode. Welcome to Chakra Girl Radio. Today is all about yoga for quantum leaping. We're chatting with Cassandra Reinhardt. She is like an OG of the online yoga world, the YouTube world, and she's sharing so much wisdom with us today about creating that slow and steady consistency so that we can quantum leap. We're talking about the best seasons of your life to practice different kinds of yoga and really taking our yoga off the mat to create changes in our reactionary responses and Lord, Lord knows I need that. I have a bit of a temper. We're also talking about chilling out the nervous system for the ultimate body results. And you guys are going to just love Cassandra. She's fantastic. Guys, can you believe there's like six weeks left of 2022? That is wild. It is crazy. I'm like, I'm not ready for it, but it's really funny because when I, I always look at like the astrological forecast, the numerology forecast, all the forecasts when we go into a new year. And last year, mine kept saying that it's going to be like slow and steady, slow and steady, slow and steady until like October, November. And I was like, rude, like I want something good to happen way earlier than that. And it's so funny that all the work that I've done this year is finally kind of coming to a head and I'm starting to really like lay the foundation for these like big results and it's starting to happen. I can't really tell you what, but (laughs) I will tell you guys soon. And it's really amazing. And it's related to Prism, which is our jewelry line. Make sure you're following at prismofficial.com. But yeah, it's just been wild. Also, I feel like I've been feeling these quantum leaps so much. And that's what we're talking about today, where it's like, you have this like slow and steady work. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, quantum fucking leap. And I'm so here for it. So we actually have a quantum realm manifestation ritual on the rituals by shocker girl app that I've been doing lately. And I swear, this is why all these manifestations are coming. So get your free seven day trial. You guys go to shockergirlco.com and do the quantum realm manifestation ritual. It's under the new rituals. There's also an enthusiasm ritual, which is about like co-creating with source and the universe and super powerful stuff on there. Like I'm really taking the rituals on the rituals by Shaka girl app to the next level. Like these meditations were like going 12 D we are going and like connecting to just our infinite energy. And it's so powerful across all dimensions, you guys. So let's dive into this episode and, oh, and we'll link you to the app and everything in the show notes, but it's just shockergirlco.com get a free trial. We'd love to see you on that. All right, let's talk to Cassandra. You're going to love her. Welcome back to Chakra Girl Radio, where we are helping the world become more consciously awakened and quantumly connected one activated chakra at a time. Today, we have an amazing guest. Her name is Cassandra Reinhardt. She is a yin and vinyasa yoga instructor, YouTuber, author, and the face behind Yoga with Cassandra. She offers online workshops and programs, including her most popular yin yoga teacher training, which provides continuing education 
education credits for instructors and certifies them in yin, which is honestly one of my favorite types of yoga, you guys. Cassandra also has her own app, Yoga with Cassandra, a source for all things yin and vinyasa yoga. And her aim is with every video to create accessible, easy to follow yoga classes, because let's face it, we can't all stand on our heads and you can do them in the comfort of your own home. So welcome to the show, Cassandra. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to chat. I feel like I haven't spoken about yoga on the podcast for so long. So this is overdue. And I always say yoga is like the gateway drug for spirituality for most people. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I think a lot of people get their, it's their entry point, I guess. Exactly. Okay. So tell us your sun, moon and rising. Oh, it's a good question. So I am a Libra sun, Gemini moon and Virgo rising. Ooh, I love all the air. I'm, I'm very airy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm an Aquarius. So as am I, but you've got that like grounding Virgo, which is nice. Yes. What is your favorite yoga pose? Anjani Asana, a low lunge. Oh, okay. That's like a real powerful one. Like it just like anchors you right in. It's just really good for my hips and for my lower back. And yeah, I I don't really go a day without doing that one. Okay. Beautiful. What is it? I mean, I feel like you're going to say yoga, but I'd love to know what is a daily ritual that you almost never skip? (laughs) Well, maybe to stray away from yoga and give a different kind of answer. Um, I always journal before going to bed, just a few lines, but always, and have been doing that every single day for about four years now. Okay. Do you have any specific journal prompts that you use? So it's not a prompt, but I use this journal. I think it's called like one line a day or something like that, but it's basically meant to be a five-year journal. So you only have like a few lines that you can write down each day. And I don't know, something about the fact that like, there's not a lot of space for me to write. It only takes a few minutes. It helps keep me on track. And it's really fun to then like when you're entering, you know, today's entry, you're able to see what you wrote the year before and the year before that and the year before that. So it's like a really nice little life snapshot. I love that. That's brilliant. Okay. Tell us about your spiritual awakening and how that led into making yoga your life's work. Well, I guess I'm probably one of those people who had yoga as their gateway towards spirituality. I'm, you know, I was not brought up in a religious household or spiritual household of any shape or form. So while I've always been a very curious child, it wasn't necessarily something I had language around or understanding of. The only thing I definitely really believed growing up was that everyone had their own personal beliefs. Like I remember thinking it was really strange that we had religion because I thought, how can, how can everyone believe in the same thing? Like, I just thought you have your own beliefs and your own connection to whatever it is that is greater than you. And I just assumed that's how everyone thought and operated. But then I started doing yoga when I was around 18 years old. And originally I just started yoga because I was looking for um, something to help me become more flexible, to help with stress. I really didn't understand yoga as a spiritual practice. 
But then of course, as I started practicing, I discovered that and really started to dive, dive deeper into it. So probably around like 18, 19 is when things started to come together, especially going through like teacher trainings and meeting some really powerful, like inspirational people who are able to be very grounded, but also very, I don't know, open-minded and very conscious. It was really, it was really inspiring to me. So I kind of just kept going in that direction and here I am today, whatever that is. (laughs) (laughs) And you started off with like a YouTube channel and then did it just totally pop off? And then you're like, okay, now I need to be offering all these other amazing things. You know, it's weird. Not really. Like I started my YouTube channel in 2014 and my growth has always been like pretty gradual over the past. I mean, I guess it'll be nine years now. So it's been like a steady progression, but right off the bat, I got certified and I was teaching a little bit in local studios or like local gyms, you know, and it wasn't enough for me. So that's why I started teaching online because I thought this would be an interesting way to connect with people all over the world and to just, I don't know, like spread this message of something that I was so passionate about and loved so much, but really right off the bat, I started to have online programs and products. I mean, back in the day, I used to do like custom made private yoga classes for people. Like I really kind of hustled a lot back then, even though I had like a hundred subscribers, you know, like no one was really watching me, but I was really doing everything I possibly could to get out there and to really do what I love and to try to, you know, make a name for myself or try to find a spot for myself in this field and in this world, which is really hard when you're like 23, no one knows who you are and you're, you know, recently certified and you have to pay your dues. Yeah. And I, I kind of love that though, because I feel like my life lesson has been slow and steady wins the race. And I have to keep reminding myself of that. And I see that in my yoga practice too, like you know, when you go into a pose rather than going fully into it and then, you know, burning out your muscle and having to stop halfway through, like easing into it. And I feel like I've done the same thing with business where it's like, okay, like, you know, I'm going to do this thing. That's going to like make me a lot of money. And I'm going to put all my energy into it rather than doing like a slow and steady gradual thing. And then I just totally decided to like blow up my business and start from foundation again, like a couple of years ago. And the whole like slow and steady process of everything is so much more powerful. Like, has that been a lesson that you've been learning along the way as well? Or is that something that's been innately ingrained in you? I've definitely learned it along the way and something else that's been kind of a key pillar for me and something that I really believe in is to act as if you have what you want in a way, in a way that you are doing the work. So a lot of people, you know, if they, maybe they want to do what you do and they want to start a podcast, but they say, well, I don't have an audience. So they kind of assume that they need people to be there willing to listen to them before they're able able to do what they want to do. And it's like, no, you actually have to just put yourself out there and do the work. And hopefully the audience will come, you know, as you continue to take, like put one foot in front of the other, but you really have to act as if the people are coming, they're just waiting for you to show up, you know, and do the thing. So it's like, even though I didn't really have anyone who knew who I was and not a lot of people were following me, I was still 
putting out offers into the world. I was still creating courses and filming videos and doing all these things. And it was very slow and steady. There was no such thing as like this overnight thing or this overnight boom, but just like, I don't know, what I've really realized is that the more I put out the work, the more people are then willing to help out, you know? And it's funny how that happens. Like if you sit back and just wait for people to help you because you don't know where to start, you won't really receive help. But if you actually start fumbling and, you know, doing your best and just giving it a go, all of a sudden, like I found, I found that like resources would show up and just all these little things started to align. And I really do believe that they only aligned because I was doing my part. You know, I was holding my end of the bargain. And I don't know if you found that to be true for you too. hundred percent. Like I always say like energetic momentum is what creates ascension. It's what creates elevation. It's what creates manifestations, like sitting still in total stillness, not taking any action does not get you the result. It's like those slow intentional actions the same thing with yoga you can't just go there and be in shavasana the whole time and expect your body to change like you need to be taking those slow steady actions and you might not see changes overnight but you know the more consistency the more you love you put into it like that's when you start to see those shifts and i feel like especially right now like they're you know quantum leaping is such a buzzword in the spiritual community and like i'm all about a quantum leaping moment but i feel like what people don't understand it's like that consistency like is leading up to a quantum leap. Yeah. Yeah. I love the way that you put that. That makes a lot of sense. So you teach yin and vinyasa for someone who is maybe newer to yoga or hasn't really just, you know, dug into the details. Can you just share the difference between the two and the different benefits that come from them? Sure. So I practice and teach yin and vinyasa yoga. So vinyasa maybe is what you or your listeners might be more familiar with. It's a more dynamic style of yoga in which we are linking movement with breath. So there will often be like a little bit more, a little bit more movement in general in the class. It's a great way to work on your strength, your flexibility, your balance, also tapping into mindfulness, but you're really working on merging each movement with one breath. So this is where, you know, if anyone has heard of sun salutations, you can expect to do some sun salutations in a vinyasa class, some strong standing poses and heart openers that kind of thing. Whereas yin yoga provides a little bit more of a contrast to vinyasa being a passive style of yoga. So in yin, we hold passive poses for an extended period of time, which means, so what is a, what is a passive pose? It means that there is no muscular strength, effort, or engagement needed. So these are seated or reclined yoga poses that we're holding for an extended period of time, usually about three to five minutes. So you're holding this kind of stretchy pose for a long time. So you're not building, this is not for like muscular strength. You know, there's no chaturanga, there's no sun salutation. It's a lot more mellow, but it's also a very challenging practice. For me, it was the hardest style of yoga that I had ever tried for the same reason that meditation is something that people will often find very challenging, myself included. 
Because as you're inviting your body to be still, what can happen often is that a lot of thoughts pop into your head, a lot of emotions surface into your body, and you suddenly become aware of all of this internal chatter and you're trying to relax and slow things down. And physically, yin is working on like the deep connective tissues of the body. So like your, you know, tendons and ligaments, your joints, the fascia of the body. So they're, they're both wonderful, amazing practices. Both can be used for physical, mental, emotional, spiritual well-being. I like those two because I like the contrast that they provide and they help to kind of meet all of the needs that I have and give me a nice balance overall. Mm, and I totally agree with Yin. Like it's like hard. So hard in a different way. Like it's like the first, you know, 20 seconds of a pose. You're like, oh yeah, I can hold this all day. And then like a minute and you're like, oh my gosh, like it's been so long. It's like all the things start popping up. And yeah, again, like I just feel like yoga in general is just so like a reflection of everything else. Like how you do one thing is how you do everything. Cause I am so like a fast paced person and like yeah. slowing down. I, I, I stress out and yeah, it's like just so wild. I love that. I, I believe, I hope I'm getting this right, but I believe the teacher who had said this was like, um, on a forest who has founded forest yoga. And she was talking about how your yoga mat is basically like putting your life under a microscope and kind of like mm-hmm. how you were talking about the way that you react to challenges, to thoughts, to sensations on your yoga mat is probably the same patterns and same behaviors that you have in your relationships, in your career, and how you navigate stress and change in your day-to-day life. You know, like if you've ever been in a yoga studio and there's, you know, the, the teacher is calling for a really challenging pose, you know, what goes through your mind? Are you immediately looking to see what everyone else is doing? Are you comparing yourself to the other people around you? Are you immediately saying, yes, I've got this. I have confidence. Are you saying there's no way I'm ever going to be able to do this? You're already putting yourself down. You know, like how do you cope? What is the internal dialogue when things go well? And also when things don't necessarily go your way, like yoga is such an amazing tool for that deep personal growth and transformation. So true. And on that tip, I was actually in a Pilates class once and the teacher, like in the the Pilates class, it was reformer Pilates and we had to wear headphones. So I guess they had like noise complaints or whatever, because they would pump the music really loud. So they made it so that we would all wear these like big headphones and we would like hear the teacher's voice through there, but we would also be able to hear the music. And because I had my headphones on, I didn't realize that the teacher was like right behind me and she told us to like, keep holding a pose for another minute or something. And I didn't realize that I said out loud, you bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, Oh, she gave me a real, once I realized she was right there, she was like giving me the cut eye. And I was like, don't take it personally, please. Oh my gosh. So that's how I react to stressful I don't. I don't know if any, I've never heard people call me a bitch, but I've definitely had a lot of eye rolls. <laughs> but my advantage, you know, I'm an online yoga teacher. So yes. people could be calling me a whole bunch of names. Yes. And I would never know about it. You just got to do that energy protection and you're good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'd love to know, like your experience, like in, on that same topic, like if we have these certain patterns and we're seeing them reflected on the mat, 
if we make the adjustment, the, sorry, the adjustment on the mat to our reaction, is that then reflected? Like, can that change our reflection in life and the way that we react in those situations? Yeah, it totally can be. I mean, this is a practice of shadow work, right? Like shining mm-hmm. the light of consciousness on the parts of ourselves that we are maybe unaware of or feel shame, you know, or guilt around or parts of ourselves that we've repressed and pushed below the levels of consciousness. Like once we really start to bring that to the light with a lot of compassion for ourselves, knowing that it's normal to have you know, some undesirable qualities and some challenges and difficulties that we navigate. Like, I really do think that's the biggest and most important step is just realizing, you know, making it a practice to say, what is the first thing that pops into my head when someone cuts me off in traffic? And what is the first thing that comes into my head when someone takes my spot at the yoga studio? (laughs) You know, like it's the same kind of thing. Like, Does it make you feel small and insignificant? Like, do you feel enraged and indignant? Like, what is that reaction? Where does it come from? And I think it's a little bit maybe easier to start to do that work on your yoga mat because it's more of like the safe space. It's a bit more of a container. There's only so many things that can happen, you know, trigger wise, but it's like, if you can start to do those, have those little awakening moments on your yoga mat that show you and reveal to you the nature of your personality, you'll probably just be more likely to notice it in day-to-day life. And maybe you still have that gut reaction that you're trying to work on, you know, and you snap at your husband or whatever it is, or you act from your place of the shadow, or you act from this place of like the wounded child in some kind of way you might still do it, but maybe you'll notice it this time, you know? And so the next time, maybe you'll catch it just a little bit before you actually blurt those words out, or you might still blurt the words out, but maybe you'll actually be able to say, Hey, I'm sorry. I raised my voice, you know, and make amends in that way. Like we're not necessarily trying to obliterate our shadows and completely remove them because that doesn't really work, but we're just trying to find a little bit of harmony and see how we can have a healthier relationship with it. And yoga is just such a beautiful, beautiful practice for that. Yes. I feel like it just builds that conscious awareness. And one thing that I found when I was being really consistent with yoga is that it kind of creates that extra split second before a reaction and allows you to like choose your reaction. Yeah, I like that. That's really nice. And, you know, sometimes that's all you need is just an extra little split second, you know, to choose differently. So let's talk about yoga and the nervous system. Recently, I've like totally changed the way that I move my body. I was, you know, working out in the gym and, you know, lifting weights and doing cardio and all these things. And I, my adrenals were just shot. Like I would, and then I would feel guilty if I didn't want to work out because it did feel good after it's like, after I was like, that felt amazing. But while I was doing it, I was like, this is an hour of hell on earth. (laughs) Um, So I'd love to know like your personal ethos on slow movement and the nervous system. I've super been there. I found that what is the most true to me is that at different times in my life, I will need different things. Mm -hmm. So this is why, I mean, I love discipline. I love consistency. I love, you know, people who sign up for challenges and commit to doing the same thing for a prolonged period of time. Like there is a lot of learning, wisdom, knowledge, growth that can come from that. And I also know that I feel my best when I 
meet myself on a day-to-day basis, you know, no, giving myself a lot of grace and a lot of room to adapt because sometimes I will need a little bit more stimulation in certain phases of my life where yin yoga is really just not going to cut it in the sense that it's going to keep me in that depleted mode, you know, and maybe I do need something that's a little bit more energizing and that's going to get me out of a funk. You know, for example, if I'm going through a bit more of a depressive episode, there's there's going to be a balance. Like yin can be a beautiful practice for me to acknowledge how I'm feeling, to develop awareness around the state of my being. But if I'm now moving into the period where I'm wanting to shift that energy, well, then more vigorous forms of movement or my bo- of my body or more powerful bre- breath work will help to get that energy moving. Right now, I'm in a phase of my life where I'm loving slow and chill, <laughs> you know, like that's really yeah. what I crave. That feels really good to me, mainly because you know, I've been doing this for eight years now and it's, I've loved every minute of it, but I've worked really hard to get to where I am now. And I think I've had to make some sacrifices along the way that I'm now having to kind of pay for and be a little bit more mindful of in the way that I care for myself. So I now need to kind of like you nourish my nervous system with slower flows or more passive practices like yin yoga or restorative yoga, or even just doing, even if I'm going for something a little bit more energetic, I know that I'll be more compassionate with myself when I'm doing it. And that means that I might not, I think it just goes back to your intention. Like when you're doing this workout at the gym, you know, like, why are you doing it? Are you doing it because you think it's what you should be doing? Are you trying to, you know, beat what you did last time? Like, is there pressure? Is there judgment? Is there expectation? Whenever I start to feel judgment creep in, I know I've strayed away from my purpose of why I get on my yoga mat. You know, like it's, it's okay to have a little bit of discipline and expectation, but it, I should, it shouldn't weigh me down. It should make me feel, it shouldn't make me feel bad about myself. You know, I shouldn't have anything to prove on this yoga mat. This should be something that I do because I love it because it feels good because it fills me up and energizes me in a way, you know, where I get to show up in my life in a more authentic way. So if you can get back to the intention, it becomes a little bit easier to decide the kind of movement that you need on this day, you know? That's so true. Yesterday I was, I had a, like a photo shoot yesterday. So in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to do this like cardio exercise and I'm going to do a Peloton and I'm going to like sweat everything out and I'm going to look so skinny. And and then I like started, I like turned this like one, like workout on. And then I was just like, I was like, I don't, I really don't want to do this. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll just, just do like a short 15 minute Peloton. Maybe that would feel better. I like put the shoes on strapped into the bike, started pedaling. And I was like, no, this, this ain't it. Like, this isn't it either. Like, I don't, I was like, I'm feeling stressed out about this photo shoot. I have a million things going through my head. I need to do something slow. So I found this like eight minute, like relaxation. It actually was like a yoga 
Pilates hybrid yeah. and it was only eight minutes and I did it and it was like super slow movements, like holding things for a long time. And then this morning, like, and then I like felt so like toned and strong and I, and like relaxed and like, it was exactly what I needed. And I'm just so glad I didn't force myself to do something that was just going to stress myself out just so that my pants might fit a little bit better. Oh my God. I'm also really glad that you chose not to go with that thought. I think you made the right decision. Well, and then today I woke up and I'm like, oh, my butt hurts. And like my legs hurt from that eight minute workout. Okay. (laughs) That was my reward for, for listening to my intuition was that the eight minutes was like super powerful. And I was able to be more intentional in the eight minutes rather than like rushing through something because my mind is on overdrive. I can be intentional and be like, okay, what muscles am I connecting to? And I can connect to my actual body because I'm in in the moment rather than my brain thinking of a million things. Yeah, I agree. It's, I think you did the right call. I don't know about you, but like, there's nothing that will make me more neurotic or less present and mindful than a photo shoot. Like exactly. I, hate, I hate them so much. The photo shoot for my book, you know, like photo shoot is one thing, but when we had to take photos for my book, I was like, these will live forever. <laughs> and they're like physical photos. It's like uh, on a object. It's not just online. <laughs> like, But it, it really brought up a lot of like these feelings that I thought I had dealt with, you know, and these beliefs I thought I had really dealt with and left in my early twenties, but it really can be so confronting, you know, to yeah. see yourself printed <laughs> and out in stores and stuff like it's 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 great it's wonderful I'm very grateful the photos are beautiful but it's also hard (laughs) (laughs) okay so let's have a quick chat about luxury and spirituality if you are listening to this I am sure you enjoy the finer things in life that you're super intentional and that means you would love my jewelry brand prism and no It's not that hippy-dippy spiritual jewelry. It's like chic, elegant, gold and silver jewelry with your choice of diamonds or white topaz, and every piece is made with intention. We have a solar plexus activating necklace that makes you more abundant, and I get so many compliments on it. It's called the Sunray Necklace. We have a moon necklace that reminds you to honor all sides of yourself, even your shadows, and we have an entire fifth dimension 5D consciousness collection if you are ready to go super deep into your ascension. And I'll also add that I have two beautiful co-founders. One of them is my amazing friend Chantal, who designs all of our jewelry. And the other is Whitney Rose from the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Yes, one of my business partners is one of the Real Housewives. And I have married all my favorite things in life, spirituality, fashion, and reality TV. But I digress. It is time to treat yourself, get something chic. Don't wait for someone else to buy jewelry for you. Women have this weird thing about buying jewelry for themselves, but in my opinion, jewelry is something that becomes part of your soul. So you need to pick it out for yourself with your intentions in mind. So go treat yourself. I'm giving you 11% off anything on the shop. Yes. A discount for diamonds. It's unheard of. So go to prismlifestyle.co and use chakra girl at checkout. And every piece also comes with an intention setting ritual to infuse your own intentions into your jewelry to just create the best life. So go to prismlifestyle.co and use code chakra girl at checkout. So true. So what do you say to someone who is like, okay, like I do want to 
like, you know, feel the difference in my body. Like I want to feel stronger. I want to feel more toned. I want to feel lighter. You know, is there that balance between slow movement and mindful movement and also like effective movement? Like what are the best, you know, kind of like yoga poses or practices for that? Yeah, I think balance is key. So usually when people are trying to think of like, okay, how much should I do? That's more of like a power yoga class. And how much should I do? That's more yin and restorative. They're thinking about balancing the energy, you know, how much output am I putting out? But I also think people need to think about their internal energy in the sense that if you are experiencing high levels of stress on a day-to-day basis, it might not be to your advantage to then at the end of the day, or as you begin your day, go for something really powerful and energetic. You know, this is how we really deplete ourselves. So you also want to take into account your mental state, you know, your emotional state and try to find balance in your practice from that as well. So if you have low stress levels and if you spend most of your day sitting down, then I would recommend more of a vinyasa yoga practice to really move and clear that energy out and to really get you in tune, feel what it's like to have your muscles contract and relax, you know, to have that that really full, deep mind body connection and to sweat a little, like that can be so therapeutic and so cleansing and so energizing and invigorating. But if you're someone who spends most of their day, like going from point A to point B, never catching a break, not being able to even sit down to have your lunch, juggling 17 things on your mind at all times, like I wouldn't really want you to care about whether you have a tone, butt. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I would really want you to just like, let's prior- prioritize a little bit and maybe do a slower form of yoga that can still get you physical results. If that's what you're interested in, you know, like you can still gain flexibility and flexibility is a key part of toning and even of your posture, you know, and the way that you carry weights, like it's really not something that should be neglected, but you know, for that person, I'd be like, let's slow things down a little bit. You know, we'll worry about getting crow pose and a bunch of pushups in like when you're in a, maybe a more relaxed, (laughs) calm phase of your life. (laughs) Well, exactly. And that totally comes back to what you said about just honoring the cycles that we're in, because there will be a time and place for that. But like step one is calm your nervous system and do these, these slower movements for like a few weeks until you start to feel that calmness. And like, I always find too, it's in the moments of slowing down and not forcing any kind of result that the results actually manifest. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I first started doing yoga, I, you know, I didn't know it was a spiritual practice. I had not been exposed to that. So it was suggested to me basically just because I was a dancer and I was not very flexible, even though I'm dancing all the time, I'm stretching all the time. Like I just had a hard time with flexibility. So people suggested yoga and especially with yin, I found that I was doing so much less, but all of a sudden my flexibility was hugely improving, you know? So it's just one of those examples where it was a hard lesson for me to learn because I was very resistant to learning it. I had always been of the philosophy that more is more, (laughs) you know, and less is more seemed crazy to me, but it took that lived experience for me to believe it. And I'm a huge believer in that, you know, even in terms of my yoga practice in general, I, I know that just like you had said, 10 minutes of mindful movement and breathing can be a lot more effective 
than a 60 minute practice where I'm kind of zoned out, I'm disconnected and I'm just flinging my body from one pose to another. You know, the 10 minutes will always have more benefits. And like you mentioned with that eight minute, you know, Pilates yoga workout that you did, it's not like easy or slow does not have to mean easy. Those two things don't have to be synonyms for each other moving slowly is actually incredibly challenging in a lot of different ways. So, you know, you really don't have to, don't have to knock it, you know, you can really honor yourself and have these results that you're looking for by just doing a little bit less. But I know it's hard to convince people of that because I was that person who was unable to be convinced of that. Oh, me too. Like I literally was like, okay, like I'm, uh, you know, I gained like a little bit of weight. I was like, okay, so I just need to work out harder. Okay. Now I just need to add more cardio. Okay. Now I like, instead of working out for 45 minutes, I need to work out for an hour. And then I did that and I gained more weight. And it's like, cause you don't realize too, like when you push yourself too hard and I'm a generator in human design. So this is like my ammo is pushing myself too hard. It's like, you're messing up your hormones. And when your hormones are messed up and your nervous system is messed up, you're actually like, it's counterproductive. You're going to feel heavier. You're going to feel more sluggish. So it's like, I was totally one of those people too, who if someone was like, you need to slow down, you need to just do Pilates or yoga. I'd be like, hell no, that's not going to (laughs) work. But once I actually do it, I'm like, oh yeah, that was right all along. Yeah, I totally get that. I was interviewed once and someone asked, okay, well, how can yin yoga help me lose weight? And I was like, well, you know, I don't really like to talk about weight loss. Like that's not really my thing. Like I don't really like to practice yoga for the sake of losing weight, but I was like, but it is important to know, just like you said, like if your stress levels are off the charts, it just doesn't matter how many jumping jacks you're doing, you know, like it's just not going to work. So with yin yoga, we're not using physical strength. So you're not going to be elevating your heart rate. You're not really going to be burning calories. So it shouldn't make sense for yin yoga to be associated with weight loss. However, if yin yoga or any other practices help to bring back some equilibrium, mm-hmm. you know, to help your hormonal health overall and to really lower stress hormones, like you might see benefits, you know, in totally. well, even just from the mindfulness standpoint too, it's like, you're yeah. Regulating your, your hormones, but then it's also you're cultivating more self-love you're connecting to your body. You're sending love to your body. You're probably releasing a lot of energetic weight from your body. When you release energetic weight and stress and like emotion that's trapped in your body, that's when the weight starts to fall off. And I know we're not necessarily talking about weight loss, but I just feel like that feeling of lightness cannot be accomplished from pushing yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what other things do you do in your life when you're in a season of slowing down a season of trying to chill your nervous system? What other adjustments do you like to make in your life other than the movement that you're making as much as possible? I know this is not applicable for everyone, but I do try to manage my calendar in a more sane way than what I do on a normal day-to-day basis. Yeah. You know, and for me, like a simple thing for me is that when it comes to, you know, meetings or calls or interviews, anything that requires other people, you know, and some kind of dialogue and interaction, 
I like to kind of have them all in one day. So it's like, yeah. I have one day where I'm like this extrovert and I'm, you know, going, going, yes. going. And then I'll have like the next day where I really don't talk to anyone. Yes, <laughs> you know? I do the exact same thing. And I didn't realize like how introverted I was until I yeah, started yeah. like practicing that. And like, even just having to be somewhere at a specific time, rather than like having a full day to like work on what you want to work on when you want to work on it. Like there's just yeah. such a different energy to those different types of days. And, you know, I used to work for the city, like I had a government job before I started doing this. And even back then I would try to find little ways for me to be able to refill my cup, because obviously if you're a government employee, like you have meetings, you're not necessarily fully in charge of your schedule. Like you got to do what you got to do. You're an employee. So I would try to find my solace just by just having lunch by myself outside, you know, I would take my lunch outside alone and I would not talk to anyone. And that was like my one little solace that I had, especially if I had been very extroverted and very social and very, you know, had a high output. That was at least one thing that I could gain control over again. And it really made a big difference for me. So true. And I find even on like the days that I have like three podcasts scheduled, I find I catch myself trying to do work in between. And I'm like, no, today you're not doing anything else, but these three interviews and you're going to chill out and you're going to watch Real Housewives and that's it. (laughs) I mean, that's a great tip, honestly, like this idea of not constantly filling every little gap in your day with more productivity, you know, like we don't need to do that. (laughs) I actually had an insight in my meditation today. One of my spirit guides specifically told me (laughs) she was like, go into your schedule and every single afternoon schedule an, an hour mind break where you don't look at your phone. You don't look at the TV. You're either just sitting there outside or you can read a book, but somewhere, something in the middle of every day where it's just a reset, even if it's like having a bath, just like a total reset in the middle of the day, because I feel like once I get going, it's hard to stop. Yeah. I really love that. And I think it's, smart and a little bit more innovative to do it in the middle of the day versus being like, oh, well, you know, tonight I'll take a bath before bed, but you let yourself fry all day long. Exactly. Do you know what your human design is? Projector. I'm a projector. Yes. I don't know a whole bunch about it. I did like one consultation a while ago about human design. I thought it was really cool, but I just never really dug more into it. And I think with projector, the messaging is that I have to like wait for the invitation. Yes. Like I just got to do my thing and the right opportunities will come my way. I mean, that's what I took from it. I don't no, that's, know. I mean, that's exact. That's pretty much. I, we just right before this podcast interview was like a human design expert and she went through all of them. So if you guys want to check out day Luna, they're amazing. <laughs> but yeah, so that's exactly it with projectors and that they, she was saying that they are not meant to give unsolicited advice. And like, if they, give someone advice that wasn't asked for, like they're like repelling people. And I oh found that God. so that's interesting. so hard for me because <laughs> I always. <laughs> well, and that's what she said is that because projectors are so, they're such good readers of energy. Yeah. They know exactly what that person needs to hear. Like they have really good advice and they can. I have the answer. I'm exactly. telling you, I have the answer. Exactly. <laughs> And then I was thinking of my one friend who is a projector. And for some reason, whenever she gives me advice, I get annoyed. And I'm like, why is that? And it's because she's, she's right. 
true true I don't want to face it that's so funny that is definitely me I always feel like you know I feel like you see I see everyone else so clear like I can see through all of the bs around me I can read you like a book totally and of course you know you have to turn that towards yourself yes I think it's easier to read other people than it is to be clear about your own stuff always always and it's way less of an ego bruise to judge other people (laughs) I'll keep that in mind I will not be giving unsolicited advice. Yes. <laughs> the thing about me is I have a YouTube channel, so I can give as much advice. Exactly. As well, and so that's the one thing that they said was like, if someone, if it says like, start a podcast, start a YouTube channel, because oh. if someone is watching it, then it is solicited. They decided to press play. Oh, I like that. Okay, yeah. great. That's going to be my excuse now. <laughs> so when this episode airs, you'll know because I'll let you know when this episode airs and then you can listen to the episode that I aired the week before and that that will give you more information (laughs) yes I'm very curious now I need to I need to get back into it I just did that one consult and now I'm like I bet there's a lot more wisdom I could gain from that it is really 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 powerful okay so I want to know about your book Yes. So my book came out this summer. It's called the year of yoga. It's my second. Congrats, by the way, that's like, I know that's no small thing. No, it's no small thing. And it's a huge project so much so that after I wrote my first book, yin yoga, I said, I will never write another book again. <laughs> like, this is done. I'm never doing this again. But, you know, of course, I ate my words and I did it again. <laughs> and I wrote Year of Yoga. Um, but I really got to make this book a little bit more my own. It's much more of a personal look at how I like to practice and how I like to align my own personal practice with the cycles of nature. So the book is split into the four seasons and four sections, and it includes like meditations and yoga practices, affirmations, all these little practices that can be tailored to the theme of that season, you know, so we're entering into the season of fall now. So we have all these fall practices around letting go, finding balance, tuning into your emotions, And because I'm primarily an online yoga teacher, what I wanted to do with this book, so there's 22 yoga sequences lined, outlined in the book with, you know, photos and instructions, but because I'm an online yoga teacher, I also wanted to have some kind of online component to it. So each sequence, there's a little QR code and you can scan it with your phone and it just takes you to the online yoga class version of that sequence. So you can practice either through the video or just by following along with the book. But yeah, it took a long time to do as a big labor of love because obviously you have to write the book, you have to do the photos, but then I also had to record and edit 22 yoga classes and (laughs) why not make it harder than I know and (laughs) that was me you know at the last minute I'm like you know what we're doing online video (laughs) no it's actually very very smart and I feel like that's so helpful for people to do so I'm proud of it yeah I'm very proud of it it turned out great it's a beautiful book a beautiful resource and I'm really grateful it's been super 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 well received so far I love that okay I also need to mention that you have a horse I do. (laughs) I feel like horses are such magical, meditative beings. Like how has your horse become part of your practice? Okay. So you say that and they are. Yeah. It's true. They, horses feel everything. I went on a full horse retreat. Okay. Okay. 
Yeah. So it is true that they are these highly attuned, sensitive beings. Mm -hmm. It is also true that they can be beings of pure chaos. (laughs) (laughs) I just had my first big injury and fall from my horse, my sweet gelding. His name is Java. I had my fall off of him on Sunday. So I'm banged up. I'm okay, but it was pretty rough. And then you realize, wow, these are big, powerful animals. Yeah. And it really hurts when things go awry, you know, and animals are unpredictable. Yeah. But um, yeah, I got into horseback riding a year and a half ago and I got my own horse. It's something I had always wanted to do. And yeah, it's been really, it's, I mean, talk about shadow work and holding up a mirror. There's really nothing like, you know, the reflection that you get back from a horse. Like they are so incredibly sensitive and um, all the work I thought I had done on myself, you basically have to redo it. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I know. And it's like, that's kind of the thing. It's like, if the horse is reacting in a chaotic way, it's like, oh, that's actually a reflection of what I'm feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, they're, they're all very different. Like they have their different personalities. Yes. We do, you know, so they'll all have something different to teach you and to offer you. And mine can be very, he'll really kind of challenge me in a lot of ways, you know, like, Oh, you say you're confident, show me, you know? So it's like, I thought I was this confident, self-assured person. And I really had to learn how to step into that and truly own it beyond just talking the talk. So they, they really help you grow and they help you learn a lot about yourself. It's, it's been really hard and really beautiful. And, um, yeah. So magical. Yeah. They're so magical. Oh, well, this has been lovely. My little Canadian spiritual friend. (laughs) Who knew that there were more of us out there? I know (laughs) one one of you on the West coast and one of me on the East. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this has been so amazing. And I think so needed. I think a lot of people right now are feeling this overwhelm, this stress. I think a lot of people are embarking on new things right now. Like everyone I talk to is like on a really wild journey and adventure right now. So I think this is a very timely chat and I appreciate so much all the insights that you shared. And now we we are all going to roll out our yoga mats and tune into yoga with Cassandra. So thank you so much for everything that you shared today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was great chatting with you and everyone that listened. Thank you so much for tuning in. You know, if you like this episode comment, let us know how much you liked it. You can subscribe. You can rate us five stars, six. If there's a six one, I think it's just five and you can follow Cassandra at www.yogawithcassandra.com yes. <laughs> and on Instagram at yoga underscore with underscore Cassandra spelt with the K anywhere else. What are, Oh, and we, can we get YouTube. your book on YouTube? Yes. YouTube yoga with Cassandra. And then your book is on Amazon. That's right. And any other major book retailer, you can find it. Okay. We will link you guys to all of the things. So check them all out. Thanks guys. And we will catch you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to follow along with us on Instagram at Shocker Girl Co. And if you loved this episode, please give us a five-star review and write us a little comment. We'd love to hear from you. 